is the Big Church Podcast. How y'all doing this morning? Is everybody good this morning? Everybody tired this morning? I'm a little tired this morning, so I'm going to need y'all to pray for me, but uh, uh, I am going to do what God's asked me to do today. And this, this morning, you know, what a great time we had yesterday. Did anybody go to the truck or treat yesterday? I mean, I was amazed. I walked around. I was like, I saw all kinds of new people. If you're new, this is your first time here. Thank you. We're a little crazy, but we ain't apologizing for it. We're good. But uh, just glad to have you with us today. And, and just a good thing. I want to thank everyone for who participated in this, who actually showed up here. We have some of the best servant leaders. In, come on. The best servant leaders of any church out there, bar none. And let me just tell you, there was some fire chili that happened yesterday out there. And I don't just mean good chili by fire. I'm talking about, I, I tasted every single one of them. And somebody walked over to me and said, are you going to need CPR, Pastor Rich? I literally had, had sweat pouring off of me because there was some really hot chili out there. Somebody made a habanero one that I didn't see. And I said, if it's worse than the other ones that I ate, I ain't even touching that one right now. But we really had a great time yesterday, and um, Pastor Mindy and I took a couple, about 10 days off, and just kind of went, and it was really great. She preached about last week. It was really a good time of reflection and sabbatical, but I got an inspiration for this, for this two or two or three weeks message from a Kenny Chesney song, and I'm not going to sing it this morning, even though they tried to get me to, but I'm not going to do it. Because sometimes I, I don't want to make this karaoke Sunday or anything like that. Y'all ever been to any bad karaoke places? Come on. Have y'all ever been to any bad karaoke places? I used to show up there back in the day, and I would get about half drunk and just laugh at everybody. Anyway, we're not going to do that today. Anyway, here we go. The title of my message today is Build a Better Boat. Um, I grew up with this story. I grew up in church uh, my whole life, and I can remember the, anybody remember the, like the little felt cutouts that you had on the boards? Come on, anybody old in this place? Right? Okay, we got it. Not old, seasoned. Sorry, Leanne. Seasoned people. But the little felt things of Noah and the boat and all of the, uh, the animals that were about to go in. And I grew up, and, and we think about this story. It's pretty controversial. You know, did God really do this and, and that? But we also answer, answer the question of, God is love, and we see that God is love in the book, in, in, in the, all throughout the Bible. But we ask the question sometimes, but how can a loving God simply wipe people off of the face? I'm starting out here. You're getting two sermons in one right here, so here we go. How can a loving God simply wipe people off of the face of the earth? And how can a loving God send people to hell? Well, here's the thing. You've got to understand about our God, that our God is a holy He's a righteous, and he's also a just God. God grants us the free will. I told you you're getting two in one here. God grants us the free will, and we get to make our own decisions. In the garden, he could have said, you know, I'm giving you everything, but, but he wanted us to be able not to be a bunch of robots. He wanted us to be able to make our own choices. And sometimes bad decisions lead to bad behavior. Sometimes bad decisions lead to bad behavior. And you know what that behavior is called? That behavior is called sin. And I know sin is not a popular word in the church world today, but it's still relevant in our society. The, world, the word says this, that all have sinned and come short of the glory. God lets us carry out. He lets us do. He lets our sinful behavior go on for a season, but not forever. Woo! Went from funny to serious really quick at a one to a hundred. 
He lets you go through the season, but it's not going to be forever. Uh, Because God is holy, and because he's righteous, and because he's just, he eventually has to deal with the problem, and he judges with perfect fairness. Let's get into our song, our uh, word today. Genesis 6-5, I got singing on the brain, here we go. Genesis 6-5 says this. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. I had to wrap my mind around that verse. Every thought, everything that they could come up was evil continually. And I ask you this question, raised in church my whole life, Church of God, and, and are we living in the last days? And we don't hear about a lot of things that are going on in the world and, and prophecy and, and all of those things. But Jesus said, but as in the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man will be. I got news for you. The storm is coming. Oh, that's not very popular, is it? The storm is coming. And, and, and what were the days of Noah like? It said great wickedness and continuous thoughts of evil. There was violence. There was hatred. There was sexual sins and sexual depravity. And, you know, today we look at our world around us and we see corruption. We see violence. We see the media. We see civil disobedience. We see protests. And we see a lot of involvement in the spirit world. And we see playing God and even being our own God. What that does, that's preparing. Listen, this is not an end time service, but I want you to understand where I'm going with this. It's preparing for the revealing of the Antichrist. Not just a person, but a spirit that is over the world today. If you look around us, we are the majority. We are the Christian majority. But there is a spirit of Antichrist, anti-Jesus, anti-Christian that's out there right now that is trying to push us down and keep us silent. It says the mystery of lawlessness is at work and it's preparing the way. It's preparing a way to do. This is the way it was then. This is the way that it is now where we can do what we want to do. Let's defund the police so we can, do, we can break any law that we want to do. There's all kinds of political unrest. And I know this is not popular, but Jesus Christ is coming soon. He's coming to get a bride. He's coming to get us and take us out of all of this stuff. Let's look at verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and both beast, creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I even made them. But listen to this. In the midst of all of the corruption. In the midst of all of the evil, God has his own chosen people. In the midst of all of the bad things going on in the world, God has his own people. So number one is, if you're going to build a boat, you have to have character to build a better boat. Genesis 6-8 says this, But Noah found favor. He found grace in the sight of God. I love the but Noah stories, right? Thank God for the butts in the Bible, right? That's supposed to be funnier than that. But I'm looking out here. But if it had not been for God's grace, you'd been a butt Brandon, right? When I look out there at the stories of each and every one of you, you are a butt God story. If God had not been good to me, I would... 
Come on, you gotta celebrate that. You should have been somewhere else, but God stepped in and he intervened in your life and he gave you grace and mercy. Genesis 6, 8, he found grace. Noah stands out from the surrounding society. Noah was different from the crowd. He was just, he was obedient, he was faithful. And it's hard to be different in the world that we live in right now. Why? We might as well just follow the crowd. It's easier. It's easier just to go the way everyone else is going, right? If you stand out and you do something different, or if you have a different opinion, or you let your light so shine before men, you end up being that person that's ostracized and laughed at. But listen, Noah was different. You might as well follow the crowd, but he said, and we get into the, the, the thing of saying where everybody's doing it. Okay, let me tell you something. Faith goes against the social norm. Faith goes against what everyone else is doing and says, I want you to go in a totally different direction. Let me just be honest with you. Normal is boring. Man, wake up. Normal is boring. If God made us all looking like that pumpkin and me, y'all would be in a bad, bad shape right now. He made us all different. The Bible says you're fearfully and you are wonderfully made. He made you just the way that you are. So you don't have to go along with what everybody else is doing. You are your own creation. God has preserved a group and a remnant. And we can say that not everybody's doing it. He had to remind Elijah, the prophet, when Elijah was in the cave and he was depressed. And he said, yeah, there's no one left but me. He said, no, no, no. He said, there's 7,000 who've not bowed to Baal. So I want to let you know that you are not the only one. There were three Hebrew children who stood up when everybody else was, was kneeling and bowing to culture and everything, these three guys stood up in the midst and said, I won't bow to that culture. Not everybody is doing it. Whoo, come on. Forgot my sweat towel today. Genesis 6, 9. Don't be throwing no dish rags up here at me. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was righteous man. The only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked, say walked, in close fellowship with God. Noah was a righteous man. Righteous means to be upright. It means to be honest. It means to be impartial. It means to be fair, dependable, and trustworthy. Noah blooms like a flower in the concrete. Have you ever seen a concrete uh, sidewalk and there's something green growing up through the middle of it? All the chaos was going around him. All the hardness was going around. But he bloomed like a flower in the middle of all of the junk. He is a bright ray of hope in the midst of all the darkness, death, and chaos. That Noah found favor with God implies this, that he was searching for it. He found favor because he was searching for it. The Bible says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The Bible said, you will seek me and find me. No, 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 hold on, sorry, my computer messed up there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Bible also says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So it just tells you when you strive to honor God, and when you strive to honor him with a pursuit in a relationship, you will always stand out in the crowd. He will always put you in a good place. Do people know where you stand? Do your family know where you stand? Do your friends know where you stand? 
Does the church know where you stand? Does the world? Everybody's watching you. You may be acting one way in church. You may be acting a different way outside. Oh, man, I knew I was going to get some crickets today. You might look good here, but what do you look good out there? You might be acting a certain way here, but what are your actions looking like when nobody else is looking? Oh, here we go. Your walk. Here, I'm going to get on this. Instagram and Facebook preachers drive me crazy. There's some good ones out there. But there's also some people out there that I believe that your walk has to match up with your talk. You can print it. You can talk about it. You can... You can take a selfie of it, but if you ain't lining up in your real life, then I've got the news for you. You need to change some things. The Bible says he walked with God. Long before he was asked to build the ark, Noah was walking with God. you got to start with the little things. Sometimes we get in a, I want to lose weight, and a pound is not too much. I want to lose 10, so I quit. Sometimes you have to start with the small things, with the little things of God to get your walk going to the place where you need it to go. Little things matter. Daily integrity and daily walk matters with God. When you walk with someone, you understand them. You enjoy their company. You enter into communion or to common experiences. You laugh and you cry together. You talk to them. You listen to them. You share your feelings with them. It's the same way. Y'all got a, anybody got a BFF out there that you can talk to? You need somebody out there that you can talk to. Don't be telling all your stuff to everybody. Y'all ever got in trouble telling your, telling your junk to everybody out there? Yes, amen. Amen, pastor, I have. But you got to have those people. I'm seeking a mentor in my life. I've been talking to him. you got to have those people that you can talk to and be real with. It's the same with God. To walk with God means that you live in close company to him. You want to hear his voice. You want to go where he's going. You want to do what he's doing. You want to love what he loves. And you want to hate what he hates. You want to have that kind of walk with God. How can we walk with God? Number two, we have to have faith to build a better boat. We need to put our trust in God. You cannot trust your feelings because your feelings will mislead you. You cannot trust your feelings because your feelings will take you down roads that you never intended to go down. And a lot of times your feelings will keep you there longer than you intended to stay. I just don't feel like going to work. Well, you better pay the electric bill. Come on. Anybody woke up and said, I just don't feel like going to work today. LG&E comes calling, you're sitting in the dark. You're going to say, man, I, I should have felt like going to work that day. Oh, that's another sermon altogether. Faith. You can't go by your feelings. Just think about Noah. But God, let me explain something to you. This is supposed to be funny. Let me explain something to you, God. I don't think it's ever rained here. Matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Now, history, historical recounts say they don't know if it... I always heard as a, as a child it never rained. But it says we don't know for sure. So Noah's probably looking out going, God, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about when you say you're going to send a flood. I've never heard that word. What does that even mean? And he said, God, let me also explain something. If, at least you didn't, if you didn't know. 
Here we go. I'm miles away from water. And you want me to build what? You got to understand the, the enormity of this. You want me to build a boat. Matter of fact, I don't even know what a boat is because I haven't lived near the water. And then you want me to build a boat the size of a small cruise ship in the middle of the desert. Okay, God, I really need to try to get you to understand the enormity of what you're asking me to do. And Noah is going through this all, this whole cycle in his mind. You want me to make a boat that's 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and 45 feet tall? Man, I hope this thing floats. I hope when I get done with it, it will float. You can imagine the laughter on the late night shows. Don't you think he was the monologue for Jimmy Kimmel and some of those other guys out there, Stephen Colbert? He probably was like, did you see what Noah's doing out there? Come on. And he probably got laughed at and ridiculed. And if it had been today, Noah probably wouldn't have even got a permit to build a boat. He went to planning and zoning and they said, excuse me? You want to build a cruise ship-sized boat in the middle of the desert? First of all, I don't know what a boat is. So you're bringing me some blueprints here to something I've never seen before. He wouldn't have made it past the building permit process. And then... God, you have such a sense of humor. Then you want me to gather up two of all these animals out there or beings or living beings or whatever. I just always saw them as animals when I was growing up. And I want, you want me to get them to come into the boat. I got a better idea, God. Here we go. Let me, let me just tell you, this would be a better idea. Why don't you get all the animals to go to Mount Everest and just gather up close to the top and then just kill everybody else. Then I don't have to gather them all up. Then I don't have to get all of them. Can you imagine the food that he had to put on there? Next week, I'm going to talk about how long they were on there. All the food he had to gather up. But number three, obedience to build a better boat. Here's the one that gets us. Obedience to not build a better boat, but obedience to build what God wants to build. Genesis 6.22 says this. Thus Noah did, D-I-D, according to all, say all, all. say it better, all. that God commanded him, and so he did. He did all. He didn't do the bits and the pieces. I'm sure there were some things that went on in his mind around before, but when he decided to follow after who God was and where God wanted to take it, he said he did all, not bits and pieces. Noah kept going and he kept trusting God regardless of what it cost him personally. Are you willing to obey God regardless of what it might cost you? Somebody might talk bad about you. You better get some thick skin. Somebody might say something bad about you. You better just be able to brush it off. Your you got to shake it off like Taylor Swift does. Are you willing to do it regardless of what it's going to cost you? I got, let me just tell you, Christians ought to be risk takers. Sometimes you just got to do it afraid because you know why? Because fear paralyzes you and it robs you of the future that God has for you. Sometimes you got to do it unqualified. I'm sure Noah was not qualified to build a boat. Sometimes God calls you to do certain things and go certain places and you may not be qualified, but you will get your going in the going. 
Sometimes you just got to do it because God said so. Grew up, my mom said, why? No, no, no. I said why to her maybe once. And she said, because I said so. But why? Because I said so. So many times you just got to do it anyway. You can't. What happens was when we keep asking the word why, our why keeps us wondering. We wander all over the place because every time God asks us to do something, we're saying, why, God? Why would you do this? And he's saying, I got a destiny for you. I got a plan for you. If you quit asking why, I can get you to where you need to go. Sometimes that why makes us a bunch of whiners. And God said, I ain't got no place for whiners. Here we go. Let's go. Our why keeps us wondering, but faith has to produce action. Number four. We got to work to build a better boat. Complete the mission even when it's hard. And what you got to do, and this one convicted me a lot, you got to stay fit. Because when you're 600 years old, God may ask you to do something you don't want to do. Oh, thank you so much. This is the holy towel right here. When you're 600 years old, he started this venture when he was 600 years old. I pull a muscle when I get out of bed in the morning. You got to stay fit because God's got a plan for you. You got to stay fit in your mind and your spirit and in your body. You also have to do this. You have to stay focused. 100 to 120 years it took to build this boat. I'm going to talk about this next week. Noah built it while proclaiming that there, was a, that there was a flood coming. The word says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness throughout the whole 120 years. He was the very first Christian nutcase. Very first Christian nutcase. He was laughed at. He was mocked, he was alone, he was isolated. And I could even say he took his family in the boat. They probably were going like, Dad, what's up? What are you doing? All my friends are saying you're crazy. All my friends are saying, what is your dad? Does your dad need some medication? And they're saying, he got, he got laughed at, I think, even by his own family. But number five, our job is to build a better boat. Many of you, I want you to listen to this. Many of you don't realize Sunday and you can hear the music and you can hear a preaching, but until you get invested with people around you and you start knowing their struggles and their victories, that helps you build the better boat. But what so many times was we try to build our own boat with our own thinking and with our own hands. And we try to float on our own. And God said, I want you to get in a boat with someone else. Because you know why? We're in this boat together. Let's learn how to build a better boat of relationships. you got to surround yourself with the right people because unity equals strength. We're better together. You have to be around people that will push you in the right direction. They'll encourage you when you're down, and they'll be real friends to you. got so many fake friends out there in this world. I love you. I love you. I love you. No, you don't. I'm just being real this morning. you got people that are saying something to your face, and they're stabbing you in the back the whole time. Ministry is hard. You find out who your friends are, and I'm not singing that one either. 
You find out who's really in the boat with you when you start doing what God has called you to do. When God calls you to salvation, listen to me. You got to help us build this boat. You got to help us build this boat with your giving. Don't talk about money much. But where God wants us to go, we're here, but he wants us to be here. We're going to have to let him over this next year. We're extending build the walls into 2021 because we didn't quite hit the mark because of a little thing called COVID came in and disrupted some things. But I'm believing that God is still doing a major thing in this place. Help us build with your giving and be consistent with it. Please, you don't pay your electric bill once every three months. I talked to a pastor the other day and I said, I really hate to talk about money in church. He says, brother, if you don't talk about money in church, you're doing your church a disservice. And I went, he says, because there's blessings tied to your giving. And, and, and I'm telling you, God is doing a good thing, but he wants to do a better thing. And he uses you to go alongside of it. There's a thing called recurring giving. We can do that every week or every month and just put it on there. And sometimes, but I don't know about it. I don't know if you should forget about it coming out of your checking account. Because I think you should, the Bible says to bring your tithes and offerings to the altar before God. Bring it before him and show him what you mean through it. So I'm done with that. Let's be consistent in our giving. Let's go above and beyond. Also, when God calls you, Casey, you're going to love me here. When God calls you to salvation, he calls you to service as well. We have a lot of good servant leaders in this house. But every Christian that comes into this place and every other house of worship is called to serve. We need people to serve. We don't have all of the things, all of the positions filled. We need people in security and production and, and greeting. We need you to serve because you know why? God's building a boat and it's not a, not a small boat, it's a big boat. You're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of what he's doing. So get on board. Sign up to get to serve in this place. God gives big assignments. Why? Why does he give big assignments? Why did he tell Noah this grandiose plan that he had so we can't accomplish them on our own he gives you something so big that only he and you can accomplish he could have brought the ark in already pre-assembled anybody know me in here know that i hate to put things together he could have snapped his fingers he could have brought an ark eric and just said there it is Wow, get them, do something with it. But he wanted to see how faithful. Remember, remember this, an amateur built the ark. A professional built the Titanic. Let that sink in. His ark floated. The Titanic sank. They had all the plans. But here's what happened is Noah... When God calls you to do something, he equips you with everything that you're going to need to do it. When he calls you to big some, something big, he's going to help you finish it. Let me have y'all stand with me, please. We're all commissioned to build a boat. We're all commissioned to save our world. Tell your family and your friends about the experience that you had on the boat.
Live your life in a way where others want to get on board. So many times, the reason we can't get nobody to go on the journey with us is because we're not living our lives to where they want to go on the journey with us. We're not letting our light so shine before men they want to say, man, I want what they got. So today I'm going to ask you this. It says that on the Bible, it says in the Word, that only eight people were saved on that boat. But right now we have the opportunity to win hundreds and even thousands. We were doomed at one time and God built a boat. In the case of Noah's day, it meant entering into an ark. But in our day right now, God made another ark. He made Jesus Christ. When he sent Jesus into this, he, he, he made the way to Jesus. He's calling you to get on board. How do you do that? First thing you do is you admit and you confess your sins. You confess your shortcomings. This is pretty easy. Sounds easy, but sometimes it's not. But you just admit, God, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I've been wrong. And then you acknowledge him that he is the Savior. You acknowledge that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to heaven through Jesus Christ. And then you ask him to take control of your life. So as we get ready to pray and we get ready to sing, um, I'm going to ask you if you want to come forward and pray. If you want someone to pray with you, there will be someone on the left and the right of the altar up here to pray with you. But if you just want to pray, if you just want to get to the place where God wants you to be, I'm going to invite you to do that right now. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.